Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on March the 21st, 2011. Newcomers, as I say, always the beginning of the show, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourself to the audios that are downloaded and download them for free. There's hundreds to choose from where I try to give you shortcuts to understanding this big kaleidoscopic picture or system or matrix in which you're born into, actually. And it, it pre-existed you and your parents and your grandparents and were well, well managed. So I try to give you a lot of the official uh, books and uh, articles put out by the big organizations, the big gang which runs the world. It's not democratic. It uses democracies and is a, an excuse really to go to war with countries. Has done this for an awful long time. And uh, we're really in a post-democratic system according to the, their own think tank at the Club of Rome. So anyway, uh, look into the website and buy the books and discs I have for sale. You'll see how to do it at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. All the sites listed there are my official sites. They all carry the same audios. They all carry transcripts in English for print up of a lot of the talks I've given. And you can go into alanwattsentinel.eu for transcripts and other languages. And remember to say buy the books and so on. And from the U.S. you can still use a personal check. You can send cash. You can also use an international postal money order from your post office. You can use PayPal to order. And you'll find out how to do it at cuttingthroughmates.com. Just go into the uh, the sites. You'll see a donation button and the price uh, list and so on. And send the appropriate donation. And uh, follow it up with an email with the name, address, and order. I'll get it out to you. Same across the rest of the world. You've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal to order or donate. Remember, two straight donations are certainly welcome because this is not a business. And um, I... I don't bring on advertisers as guests who terrify you and then sell their products. And it's okay for those who do. That's how they make their living. And that's all fair and well. But at least this way I've got more of a free hand to, to carry a, a very short one-hour show uh, right through. I hate to even call it show. As I say, it's more of an educational talk, hopefully. And um, an hour isn't very long to do it. So I'll get on with it, as I say. Now... <laughs> I was going to tell you about a little trip I took uh, out east once to uh, the, the coast and I had to go through Montreal. And Montreal um, is, is quite an experience to drive through there because if you're not in the right lane, the proper lane, uh, and you know what you think you know where you're going, regardless, you just can't get off the lanes. The drivers there, if they've ever heard of a speed limit, uh, uh, simply ignore it, believe you me. And I was crossing the bridge there and... Um, Suddenly, I, I, I find myself at the other end, <laughs> getting crushed between different cars, go around in a circle and come back over the bridge again. So here I was going in one direction, and suddenly I was going in the other. Well, the reason for the story is because, you see, that's what happened at the weekend to the whole world to do with Japan and the plants that melted down. Uh, the radiation was coming in and detected on the west coast, 
on Friday, and then you wake up on Saturday, and lo and behold, we're off to war with Libya, uh, Japan's in the background, and uh, what are you talking about, Japan? It was just a little kitchen fire, wasn't it? And, um, and we're off to war with Libya, and I thought, thank God, things are back to normal, we're off bombing another country. So here we are, as they say, we're living in true Orwellian times, and people don't realize it, they're under crisis management and a United Nations agreement across all countries to manage the people and don't get the, the herd upset, obviously. And that's what's happened. Just like that, now you've got a nice show of planes getting shot down over Libya as soldiers, now called peacekeepers because war is peace, go off to plunder more oil fields. And they'll divvy them up later amongst themselves. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about the, the sharp U-turn we took, just like I did when I went over the bridge at Montreal. Same idea, going one way, uh, full steam ahead, even at a speed I didn't want to go at, but I had to because you've got to keep up in Montreal. And uh, suddenly I'm going back across the bridge in the opposite direction, and uh, that's what happened over the weekend as all the countries went in together on an agreement to basically use crisis management on the general public and play everything down because you see there's such big money at stake for all of the the big atomic companies and so on across the world and um, it's a big plan too to to eliminate coal fires and different methods of heating yourself etc so they've got to use these nuclear energy plants to their maximum and eventually they're still going to give you rolling blackouts down the road they've all said that in their big meetings as they conserve energy what they mean is They'll take more chunks of your disposable income on, on basic necessities like heat and electricity, and you'll be paying an, an awful lot more for them. Now. You see, that's, so it's a big, big plan. They can't just uh, get you all scared. It doesn't matter, too, how many folk die along the next 25, 50 years of various tumors. That's, I'm sure, already factored in to this type of massive leak that happened when little cores literally melted down in the reactors and then suddenly to concentrate on one reactor as if that was the only problem they had beside these smoldering masses that were left behind next to them. So that's the kind of mind management you're under and this crisis management. Now some people, even from Japan, have uh, who really obviously trust their governments and haven't quite got it yet, uh, have emailed me to say that, oh, the, the public broadcasting network over there, the NHK, where all news was coming from, by the way, um, it was informing them all the time of what was exactly what was happening. Well, guess what? That's run by the government, you see. And crisis management is part of that uh, system. That's what their whole job is. Same in the West, too. Your, your public broadcasting will go into action if anything happens. And... Um, as crisis management. Don't panic, don't panic, everything's fine. And that's what they're supposed to tell you, you see. They, they literally will factor out how many folk will die down the road in the path of this massive um, uh, uh, cloud that's coming over still from Japan. It's already crossed uh, the Americas, it's over the Americas right now, and it's into the Atlantic side heading towards Europe. And the last article I've seen on this, in fact, was this one here, and it's from it's from, um, I think it's ABC, ABS, CBN News, and no name on it, so it's a handout again, probably by the Atomic Commission, but it says, Fukushima cloud now at the Atlantic, no risk 
this is from France, it says, um, the plume from the Fukushima has now reached the Western Atlantic, but its radioactivity is likely to be extremely low. You know, there's a nice measurement for you. We're getting it all the time now. Extreme, we're too stupid at the bottom, and the children shouldn't know anything they can measure anything by, by giving them a starting point, like here's what high means and here's what low means. Now, extremely low, and have no impact on health or the environment. So the, the laws of physics and nuclear physics is utterly changed overnight, you see. It's, it's quite a healthy stuff, apparently. So France's Institute of Radiological Protection and Nuclear Safety said on Saturday, as of yesterday, the cloud covered most of, listen to this, covered most of North America, that was on Saturday, and northeastern Siberia. It is currently passing over the North Atlantic, it said, naming French territories in the Caribbean and off Canada's eastern coast. The cloud has been progressively thinning as it heads eastwards around the northern hemisphere at a high altitude and will remain and reach mainland Europe on Wednesday or Thursday, it said, setting a computer model jointly compiled with the French weather service Metro France. The concentrations of cesium-137 in the air over land traversed by the plume, they call it a plume, not a cloud, are expected to be extremely low. So everything's going to be expected to be extremely low. So you can take a measurement from that, you see. And, and by the way, it's the, it's the, um, it's the policy, and I read that last week, uh, from the United Nations, which runs this new amalgamation of, for the whole world, the Atomic, um, Atomic Energy uh, Association, uh, International Atomic Energy Association. It's their policy not to tell the public what radiation levels happen to be. That's their policy. Because you're just too stupid. You're post-democratic. There's no need for you to know anymore. You see? So it says uh, cesium-137 is a long-lasting radioactive contaminant that caused the worst environmental problems in the 1986 Chernobyl disaster. And um, but, but don't worry, they're going to be very low, you see. The IRSN shares the view uh, of the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, well, you can trust these guys, right, which judges that the, these levels will have no impact on health and the environment agency said in a press statement. Fantastic, eh? Isn't that amazing? Uh, the same guys that will tell you that a little bit of carbon in the air is going to kill you all. Furthermore, they will be so minimal that they will prob- probably, I love these words, this is a legal ouch, you see, probably will only be detected in the environment by measuring samples cr- uh, carried out by special, uh, specialized laboratories. And what they did was they put on the website the, the, the simulation of where the cloud is right now. It's still coming over from Japan right across the Pacific, covering North America, Canada, and it's in the, into the Atlantic now. So I'll put this link up tonight at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and also put up the one from France where they're measuring this and they're showing you the direction of the flow and where it is today. So, but anyway, it's a minor thing apparently. It's, it's a big panic over nothing. First time in history you get meltdowns and it's quite safe. But uh, that's the new reality, folks, as they manage you. I'm sure they already have it worked out, as I say, how many deaths there'll be over the years with different tumors, sterility, all that kind of stuff. And no doubt they'll even know when they'll have to import more immigrants from other countries that haven't been affected to take up the slack and, and, and do the work when we're all dying off. Because that's the reality of the world you're living in. You're a herd. I hope you understand that you are nothing more or less than a, the herd. And... They're using, as I say, crisis control, obviously. It works very well. They give you a sideshow. Oh, bang, on Saturday morning, as I say, here's Libya, we're off to war. Things are back to normal. Oh, thank God. And um, uh, uh, more bombs are falling. Oh, spectacular blazes of planes coming down from the sky. 
and that's all you heard. In fact, uh, the, the Canadian Broadcasting uh, Group, or the CBC, uh, gave 25 minutes on Libya on the Saturday and literally uh, less than 30 seconds on Japan. Okay, plumped it right down. That's by order of the high court, obviously. You know, the big boys at the top that run the world. And we're supposed to breathe easy and relax because, as I say, the laws of physics have altered overnight. And uh, you don't have to worry about this stuff at all. It's quite, I don't know why they haven't been melting down more reactors. For good. Maybe it's helping the atmosphere the way they've gone on about it. Quite something. But that's total management control. And anyone who thinks the government who's in charge of giving out information in public broadcasting networks anywhere in the world really hasn't got a clue uh, of reality at all. And I hate to say that, but it's true. Because I've had people email me from Japan thinking things are quite normal in other places outside that area, and people are shopping, etc. Well, that's what they told them to do in America and Canada. The, the, the Alan Rock came out in Canada, and I think it was either Cheney or Rumsfeld came on in the States right after 9-11 and says, go out and get your credit cards and spend, 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 and keep the economy going. Don't be afraid. And, and that was an order. And that's the same thing that's happening in Japan. They've got to keep the economy going. That's the reality of it, folks. We're all basically uh, disposable. And with this farce and this fracas, uh, as I say, or- Orwell had it down pat. Because he knew the system, he knew what was coming, he knew it was planned right into the 21st century because he'd been groomed to take part in it, and he did to an extent in the early days, and even during World War II, he became a propagandist on the BBC. He admits that in his own biography. And he, his job during the, the BBC was to convince the ordinary British people that the slop they were getting is food, since everything was rationed, and um, uh, it was to show them how to cook this awful stuff uh, that was left and um, and how wonderful and nutritious it was, the stuff that they used to throw away, you know. It was so nutritious for you, and etc., etc., and he, admit, he admitted that it was just a pure con. We're always being conned and fooled by those who own us. I hate to see this truth, but it's we're owned, you see. And um, it says here, this article here about uh, Libya, it says, Muammar uh, Gaddafi's son has claimed that Libya helped finance Nicolas Sarkozy's successful election campaign in 2007 and demanded that the French president return the money to the Libyan people. In an interview with the European or Euronews TV channel, uh, Saif al-Islam, al- Gaddafi says Libya had details of bank transfers and was ready to make them public in a move designed to punish Sarkozy for throwing his weight behind the opposition forces. Well, you, there's, there's a guy, you see, bites the hand that feeds him. That's his nature, just like the scorpion in the old tale, the old tale of hitching a ride over the water. Eventually stings the guy that's uh, rowing him over on his back, basically. And he asked, why did you do that? He said, it's my nature. Well, that's Mr. Sarkozy's nature, you see. As his last week, the Libyan government threatened to reveal a grave secret would bring down Sarkozy with uh, Saif al-Islam, causing him a clown. Well, there's more names to him than that. The regime is furious at Sarkozy's efforts to galvanize international action to impose the no-fly zone. It's not a no-fly zone, it's a bombing mission. It's so Orwellian in all the doublespeak that they're giving us to parrot, isn't it? And we're supposed to parrot it, you see, because when you speak it, it speaks into reality for you. You start to believe it like peacekeepers. 
I see soldiers going off as soldiers. I don't see peacekeepers. I see invading armies, as always. That's what they are. Don't use the double speak they give you. And peace missions. The only peace mission there is is when they blow folk to pieces. That's about it, you know. So I'll put this article up too on um, on Sarkozy, the guy who, who bit the hand that fed him. And I'm not surprised with that at all. Meanwhile, the U.S., of course, is in trouble again with, uh, I think it was when the German newspaper, Der Spiegel, putting out four, I think it was 404,000 photographs on U.S. troops uh, doing strange things with corpses and um, generally naked or semi-naked corpses because there's a lot of homoerotic stuff goes on in the army and doing with killing. It's a very primitive affair. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and just before I touch on the story, I'd like to mention too uh, that anyone who saw uh, Obama and uh, the various prime ministers and so on, uh, all meeting in the United Nations, the big massive table with the gold and silver plates, and they actually had uh, massive, incredibly expensive dinners, of course, and so all laughed and slapped each other on the back for the United Nations meeting. And uh, apparently their champagne champagne was over $1,200 a bottle, and the wine was over $800 a bottle. These are the guys bringing you into poverty, which they call austerity, for your own good, you understand. And when I saw that table uh, and these clownish faces all grinning, it reminded me, I thought, dress, dress them up in Roman togas with a Caesar at the end there, because nothing changes. You're seeing the same darn thing again, because that's what post-democratic means, that's what it brings to you. And just in like the ancient days too, you would never be concerned of what these characters were up to at the top. The Caesar could do whatever you wanted to do, and even things that you couldn't do, of course. And uh, of course, you have the, the prostitutes laid on for them too, just like the G20. All age groups, all preferences are all brought in by the police for them to have their fun with. And that's this is where we're seeing ancient Rome right now, for those who don't quite get it. Oh, it's much, much worse. It's a global, a true global empire. Truly global. And when they're, when they're out with these, getting these hookers and all the rest of it too, remember, there's a lot of guys in the street getting picked up by women, police officers dressed as hookers and, and getting taken off to the, the can for, for trying to pick them up. Eh? And you think you've got some kind of democracy where the same laws apply to everybody? Where are you living? What planet are you on? That's astonishing, but nothing really is astonishing, and nothing really is unpredictable either. I was talking to a reporter who had been at the G20 meetings before in London and elsewhere, and um, he said he couldn't believe what they did. He passed rows of hookers, in fact, who were being interviewed at the time as a reporter, and um, he kind of snuck in under a different guise, of course. They actually thought he was a dignitary. And in the bedrooms, they brought special heart-shaped beds in and everything for these characters. These wonderful guys who um, have so much respect, they're called honorables people. They're honorable people, honorable so-and-so, sir, honorable so-and-so. Isn't that wonderful? And they have, uh, they have integrity and so on. Things, all the things that you can't have as a peasant, you see. And that's, our tax money pays for all this, including the hookers. 
They even came out in Canada at the meeting out in the West Coast a few years ago too. And it was okay. That's the normal custom is, apparently. Red carpet treatment, uh, millions of bucks worth of food and booze and all the prostitutes you want of any preference or age or anything else. See, all the, the, the rules are broken for them because they have no rules at the top. They're above it, you see. And now back to this story here about the, the U.S. troops doing their, their dirty stuff. And it's because of the situation now we've got. They're hiring people who have been brought up in uh, really a post-religious world, of course, an atheistic society where Bertrand Russell said the state would give them the new morality. Well, you're seeing the new morality all around you, if you haven't noticed. And um, they're, they're, be, they're really being groomed. They've been groomed their whole lives to fight and slaughter and enjoy it, just like a video game. This article here is from the, the Mail Online. Repugnant U.S. Army apologized for, for graphic photos of soldiers with civilian corpses as violence is feared in Afghanistan. And um, it says the U.S. Army has been forced to apologize over what they, they have deemed as repugnant photographs of grinning American soldiers standing over bloodied and partially naked Afghan bodies they had allegedly killed. Uh, you notice there's more and more of this allegedly stuff coming in now? Hmm? The pictures were published by German news organization Der Spiegel and were amongst 4,000 they've obtained. Meanwhile, commanders in Afghanistan are bracing themselves for a public backlash and possible riots over the trophy photographs, that's what they call them in the army, especially since it's been alleged that the Afghan civilians were unarmed and innocent. Well, that doesn't make any difference. Uh, they're trying to blame it on, again, a small team. That's, again, a crisis control, crisis management. It's feared that these pictures which showed the aftermath of the murders at the hands of a rogue U.S. striker kill team could be even more damaging as the trials of the 12 accused men are currently underway in Seattle. There's a lot more than that because you understand everybody in the military gets these photographs taken. It's, a, it's, it's become the normal. They put them up on, on their, their Facebooks, apparently. And, of course, the, the ones who get into the really naked stuff, the really homoerotic weirdo stuff with, with their corpses... Uh, keep the little photographs and show their pals. I've seen some, show me some, when they're really pissed drunk. And uh, these are their guilty little secrets, you see, uh, which they hang on to and uh, they try and rationalize to themselves. I don't know how they do it, but they somehow do manage to do it. You know, they're off serving their country and keeping the world safe for something or another. But that's the reality of the world we in which we live. And... I'm also putting up a, a link tonight at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. It's a good spoof, actually, on Facebook and the CIA. It's a kind of comedy, it's a, and, uh, and yeah, what it says is pretty well true. But uh, it's quite a good chuckle. It's kind of professionally done, so I'll put it up there to ha- for you to have a laugh and maybe a think as well, hopefully at the same time. Now, when all this is going on, it's just astonishing. For instance, here's an article about... Um, a weapon that costs more than the whole of Australia. And it says here, um, it's written by Dominic uh, Tierney, an assistant professor of political science at Swarthmore College. He's the author of How We Fight, Crusades, Quagmires, and the American Way of War. This is Dominic Tierney's assistant professor of political science at Swarthmore College and a senior fellow at the Foreign Policy Research Institute, etc., etc. And he writes what's to come up and I'll mention it after this break see what what they're going to cost for these new fighters incredible you're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network 
because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix. And just before I read this article, remember, too, this is the first time the U.N. has declared war uh, on any nation. Generally, countries go to it to ask permission, but the U.N. being the front that it is, it's just a front, of course, is now rising up as the, the beast that it truly is. That's its job, of course, uh, in many areas, including the, the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, as they bring in the Bancor, uh, world currency, etc. But now they're, they're the ones who are going to decide who is going to get hammered next, you see. And that takes the heat off the politicians. Well, we can't do anything about it. We just signed the agreements. We have to go to war when they say so. And all that nonsense, you see. And they get big dinners and all that. Anyway, here's the F-35, a weapon that costs more than Australia. Uh, it says Lockheed Martin's F-35 Lightning II is an impressive aircraft, a fifth-generation multi-role fighter plane with stealth technology. Sounds wonderfully stealthy. It's also a symbol of everything that's wrong with the defense spending in America. In a rational world, U.S. military expenditure would focus on the likely threats that the United States faces today and in the future. And at a time of mounting national debt, the Tea Party would be knocking down the Pentagon's door to cut waste. But the only Tea Party in sight is the one overseen by the Mad Hatter as we head down the rabbit hole into the military-industrial wonderland. The F-35 is designed to be the core tactical fighter for the U.S. military with three, div- three versions for the Air Force, Navy, and the Marine Corps. Each plane clocks in at around $90 million each. $90 million each, right? In a decade's time, the United States plans to have 15 times as many modern fighters as China and 20 times as many as Russia. It says uh, Washington intends to buy 2,443 of them, eh, at $90 million each at a price tag of $382 billion. Add in the $650 billion the Government Accountability Office estimates is needed to operate and maintain the aircraft, and the total cost reaches a staggering $1 trillion. In other words, we're spending more on this plane than Australia's entire GDP, which is $924 billion. The F-35 is the most expensive defense program in history and reveals massive cost overruns, a lack of clear strategic thoughts, and a culture in Washington that encourages incredible waste. As, of course, you go into austerity, folks, and hyperinflation. Money is pouring into the F-35 vortex. In 2010, Pentagon officials found that the cost of each plane had soared by over 50% above the original projections. Uh, The program has fallen years behind schedule, causing billions of dollars of additional expense and won't be ready until 2016. An internal Pentagon report concluded that affordability is no longer embraced as a core pillar. In other words, it doesn't matter what cost, they're going to get it anyway. In January 2011, even Defense Secretary Robert Gates, a champion of the aircraft, voiced his frustration. The culture of endless money that has taken hold must be replaced by a culture of restraint. I guess that was just a legalism. They always give you legalistic phrases, which they totally ignore. The F-35 is meant to, to be the future of the U.S. tactical air power, but the program uh, harks back to the Cold War when we face an aggressive great power rival. The world has changed. The odds of great power war have declined dramatically. We still need a deterrent capacity against China and Russia. You can't go against China because you'd have nothing left to buy because everything's made there. But how much is enough? In a decade's time, the, apart from that, it holds the whole of the U.S. debt. You can't blow it up. 
the United States plans to have 15 times as many modern fighters as China and 20 times as many as Russia. Meanwhile, new challenges and threats have emerged. We should be focusing our military spending on the type of campaigns that we're actually likely to face, complex asymmetric wars against weaker opponents where manpower and intelligence are critical. And it's hard to square the military largesse with the, our rampant debt. Republicans want to slash billions from programs like early education and Representative Jeb uh, Hensel-Larn's words to save our children from bankruptcy. So where is the outrage of the F-35's outlandish cost? But there are no parties, folks. I hope you realize that. In fact, Rumsfeld congratulated Obama for carrying on the same policy as they had. You know, revolutionary democracy. In other words, we, we will, will force countries to take democracy, this farce thing that they put up once in a while, to make us think that we've got it too, which, of course, we don't. We're post-democratic, if you haven't noticed, especially since 9-11. You're under a form of total information awareness network. That's total information. That's everything about you on a daily basis, folks. And it's to be that forever. And the only right you have... You can have lots of various rights to go to the shops and so on, but, but the right you don't have is to even disappear. No privacy whatsoever. That's basically it, folks. And a lot of you be, will be quite content as you get your minds bent back and forth with the crisis management and crisis creation. Crisis creation is quite something else. You see, they give you the crisis about CO2 being bad, although it's an essential part of the atmosphere and life on the planet. You need CO2. So they use rubbish like that to basically bring you down into austerity and tax the blazes out of you. And when something real happens, oh, radiation is suddenly good and no big deal at all. And you want to continue to believe these characters. I hope you people out there, I hope you people out there who've forgotten you were managed before 9-11 and managed after it with your minds have got a good example here of the sudden turnaround of crisis management and how all media will lie through their teeth to you. This is not unusual. This is the normal. This is your daily normal. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever think that suddenly they become truthful again. They never become truthful. The media is there to control you. And well... And the U.S. has uh, just gone out in this massive spending spree and put you down on the tab as they borrow the money for these planes from the International Monetary Fund and your great-great-great-great-grandchildren, if you're not sterile by then and, and you still have them. And it says here, unemployment rose in nearly all of the 372 largest U.S. cities in January compared to the previous months, mainly because of seasonal changes such as layoff of temporary retail employees hired for the holidays. It says... Um, uh, it gives you examples and so on. The Labour Department said Friday that the unemployment rate rose in 351 metro areas, fell in only 16 and was unchanged in five. That's worse than December when the rate fell in 270 areas and increased in 122. Other seasonal trends such as the layoffs of, of, of construction workers due to winter weather also contribute to the widespread increase. Nationwide, the unemployment rate dropped to 9% in January from 9.4% of the previous month. It tickled, or ticked down to 8.9% in February, but the national data is seasonally adjusted, while the metro data isn't, which makes it more volatile. The metro data also lags, lags the national report by one month. So it shows you the areas that are hardest hit and so on. But remember, too, even this stuff's managed by the government's is far, far worse than they're telling you because, see, I get a lot of people uh, getting in touch with me all over the world and all over the states. And 
especially the ones who travel from city to city, and they see more and more and more shops closing up, boarded up, and going out of business. It's just incredible what's happening as the U.S. Mind you, I don't know how long they'll need the U.S. I've said before, the U.S.'s job is to create the new world order. That's its main function. Supply the material, the taxation, and the manpower, and so on, and uh, pay for it all, of course, through the taxpayer. And once it's all over, I've said this for years, you, once they finish off the last few countries into the standardized world system, and I've read the articles from the military called Perpetual Warfare, I might put it up again tonight. This is perpetual warfare. I can't remember a time now where you haven't had war going on. We're used to it. We've adapted to it. And we think nothing of it, actually, as we go off to enforce democracy, you know, revolutionary democracy. Give them peace by slaughtering them. Peace, War is peace again. Freedom is slavery. Just astonishing. And once it's finished, though, you see, they'll bring the U.S. down so fast. That's the plan. And they'll pull the rug from under your feet at home. They're already doing it with the massive increases in prices just for food and various other things alone. So get ready, folks. That's your only function. The shuttle at the bottom are always the shuttle. Always the shuttle. And it's very, very evident today. And it's time. If anyone's at all got a chance whatsoever to do anything about it, they'll have to really start the protest very quickly. And uh, mind you, asking these guys nicely isn't going to be easy because they, they won't listen to you. I think everyone knows that. Tonight, too, I'm also putting a link up, uh, and you'll hear Hillary Clinton talking to the Council on Foreign Relations in Washington, D.C., and she admits that the mother, the mother lodge, basically, the mother of the, of the, the CFR for the U.S. is in New York, which it is. It's the Harold Pratt building, which is in constant daily communication with its parent, of course, the Royal Institute of International Affairs in London. And, um, and she says in this video, uh, that uh, the Council on Foreign Relations runs the nation, as I've always said, and Carl Quigley said too. Very, said very casually, of course, because she's talking to her peers, the ones in the know. And you can watch this for yourselves. Not that many will retain it, because most folk today are so overloaded with data. That's part of the warfare upon your mind via the computer. You, you don't have very long attention spans. And that's why you keep falling for the same things over and over again. You can't tell what the trivia is between the things you must note and remember. And the big boys have even written articles on this type of warfare, overloading with data. Data which you can't interpret even. They don't know how to read it. I've read the articles from them on there again. And from the Millennium Project, which is part of Agenda 21, I'll put a link up too. It's called Global Challenges for Humanity. And they have um, 15 main ones listed here. Is the 15 global challenges provide a framework to assess the global and local prospects for humanity. You're not nations anymore, your regions, you're local. The description with a range of views and actions to address each enriched uh, with regional, regional views, there's your regional again, and progress assessments are updated each year since 1986 and published in the annual State of the Future, it's called. The link's on here, you can download it yourself. The short description of the challenges appears in the print version of the report, while a detailed, more complex one is on the CD that accompanies the report. 
The detailed uh, version of the global challenges is available in the CD chapter 1 or totaling over 1,300 pages of something that's very worth reading for those who can get through 1,300 pages these days. There's not too many who can. For each challenge, there's a more comprehensive overview, alternative views or additional comments from participants on the overview, regional perspectives and relevant information from recent literature, a set of actions with a range of views from interviews with decision makers. You see, you don't have politicians now. You've got decision makers that are above the politicians. To address the challenge, additional actions and views on those actions and suggested indicators to measure progress or lack thereof. And they talk about the, how the, the new system really is really governments and institutions uh, working with collaborative action among governments, uh, international organizations, corporations, I told you before, universities on board with them, non-governmental organizations, and creative individuals. Creative ind- individuals are actually called philanthropists, by the way, who run the foundations and fund the NGOs, for those who don't know what they mean by that. That's what they mean by that. They've actually written about that in the United Nations, that the new system will have philanthropists at the top and amongst the decision makers, you see. Those like George Soros who've, you know, gained lots of money uh, by ripping off whole nations. A low listening sec- uh, sequence challenge one on sustainable development climate change is no more or less important than challenge 15 on global ethics. You understand a new way of running the public they're calling ethics. What, how far they can go with you, what they're allowed to do to you to make you go along, etc. is called global ethics. There's greater consensus about the global situation as expressed in these challenges and the actions to address them than is evident in the news media. You're darn right there, you'll get nothing in the news media. So I'll put this link up too. And for those who can be bothered, who can tear their ways, their eyes away from the, the Xbox game you're getting called Libya right now, uh, you'll learn something. And there's not too many folks, honestly, out there who have the ability to retain what is important, as I say. And that's why because they're not really in reality at all. If you're in reality, you're always in reality. And your mind is always functioning as it should be. But when you fall back into believing in the mainstream media again, and believing that your government's there to somehow serve you, and to tell you the truth, uh, no, I'm sorry, you're not in reality whatsoever. We're being managed. Global management is what they call it. And you've been managed your whole lives long. You've even been trained through school to be managed without you knowing it, too. I'll also put up a link, too. It's interesting because it's uh, about uh, how pharmacies now going into medications to aim at men to even further bring down their sperm count uh, deliberately by um, hitting the the mitochondria during the, the RNA processing of their genes. And uh, it's uh, a great breakthrough that they're saying, oh, it's a wonderful thing uh, for those men who still have sperm left, that is, who have been totally destroyed by all the other warfare that's been put upon them. And um, it says, uh, SBU pharmacology researchers uncovered new role for mitochondria during RNA processing from Stony Brook in New York. And uh, it's March 15th, 2011. And apparently Michael uh, Froman, MD, PhD, Chair of the Department of Pharmacological Sciences, Stony Brook University School of Medicine and colleagues have discovered a new role for mitochondria during ribonucleic acid processing. 
This latest finding reported in Development Cell may hold clues to some causes of male infertility. And as you scroll down, you'll find that says this could be a very good uh, uh, medication for men to as a birth control type uh, scenario. So that's the real reason for it. No doubt they'll add it to other medications that have nothing to do with it, at least on the surface, and help bring more and more of us down into the dust. Egypt, meanwhile, is protesting. Of course, uh, America's secret backing for rebel leaders behind uprising. The American government secretly backed leading figures behind the Egyptian uprising who've been planning regime change for the past three years, the Daily Telegraph has learned. American embassy in Cairo helped a young distant attend a U.S.-sponsored summit for activists in New York while working to keep his identity secret from Egyptian state police. And CIA is recruiting them, you see, when they're at university and sending them back over there after getting trained, you see, to agitate. On his return to trip to Cairo in December 2008, the activist told U.S. diplomats that an alliance of opposition groups had drawn up a plan to overthrow President Hosni Mubarak and install a democratic government in 2011. And now the article here is a link as well to the, the whole document. It's called The Secret Document in Full. He has already been arrested by Egyptian security in connection with the demonstrations and his identity is being protected by the Daily Telegraph, so we know who it is. The crisis in Egypt follows the toppling of Tunisian President Zini al-Abidine Ben Ali, who fled the country after widespread protests forced him from office. And the disclosures contained in previously secret U.S. diplomatic dispatches released by WikiLeaks website show American officials pressed the Egyptian government to release other dissidents who had been detained by the police. Mr. Babarak, facing the biggest challenge his authority in his 31 years in power, ordered the army on the streets of Cairo as rioting erupted across Egypt. Well, we all know what happened there. Now this goes back to January, but they knew about it then. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, carrying through the Matrix, and I hope all those in the U.S. will listen to this article because this is austerity and they want to do this across the U.S. And Obama, of course, is all going full steam ahead for it too. This article is from UK News Express. It says, uh, UK begins to starve. This is austerity. This is where they've brought them down to in this terrible sewer now called Britain. Ten-year-old boy was arrested for stealing food to feed his younger sister. And it says, um, the desperate plight of children in Britain being forced to rely on food parcels to survive today is revealed by the Sunday Express. Government cutbacks, rising unemployment and soaring food prices are forcing a growing number of families to miss meals, eat badly or go hungry. In one heartbreaking case, a ten-year-old boy was arrested for stealing food to feed his two younger sisters. While some children are short of food, far more are severely deprived of essential nutrients because they are relying on cheap junk food. It's actually cheaper than buying anything else. It's junk food. And that's what they want you to do in the States, too. Some people already do that in the States. Nutrition expert Professor Philip James said the rate of malnutrition is reaching astonishing levels. Children are being denied fresh foods because families cannot afford to buy them. I hope you're all listening. On their poor diets or early adolescent, these malnourished youngsters will be affected by premature diabetes and early signs of underlying heart disease. The bone health of these youngsters is under threat and doctors are seeing increasing cases of rickets. That's something you saw in third world countries. Britain is now a third world country. 
with a very small, very rich class at the top. On Friday, the Sunday Express joined volunteers offering food packages to families in some of the most deprived parts of the country. Meanwhile, Britain's off to war with their whole military again for a good old bang, you know, uh, smashing more Arabs and plundering. And of course, then they'll divvy up the oil fields like they did with Iraq. Presents to the, the usual big companies where they won't have to pay taxes anymore and so on, and, and it can demand their own cost of labour. Food bag outlets across Britain offer a lifeline for many, with some of the parcels being handed out originally intended for the poor of Romania and Bulgaria. Now they have to hand them out in Britain. The food bag manager, Marla Naker, said, We have people who will walk miles to pick up a parcel, and they're desperate. The special report follows a publication of a study last week which revealed England has higher child poverty rates than other developed European countries. Can you believe that? That's great Britain. Great Britain. Great for some, eh? Some of the top most deprived areas in London are, and then they give you a list uh, there. This is one mother from Tower Hamlets in East London was recently given money by the charity school Home Support as she had no money to feed her six-year-old son, Judith Seba, who helps run the charity, says we gave £150, otherwise the child would have had nothing to eat. They have no health service pretty well to speak of left either, the way they're slashing it to the bone again. See, it served its purpose. Do you understand? Each nation serves its purpose for another people who rise above them and run the world. Last month, a 10-year-old boy was arrested for stealing food in Newton Heath, Manchester. Police discovered he'd been forced into crime to get food for his sisters aged 3 and 5. Inquiries found many of the parents who qualified for food rations had been forced to skip meals. Jacqueline Robinson, 40, mother of four from Cardiff, said, I'm struggling now. I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul with these increases that are going to happen, and I'm really scared because they're jacking everything up with higher taxes to pay for all their wars and to redistribute the wealth across the world, a la Karl Marx. I hope you really understand what's going on, and for those who haven't had it yet, it's coming your way. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.